so good to uh, be with you. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at King's. And uh, it's a great privilege to be opening up uh, the Word of God to you. And it's great as well to be preaching to a live congregation. Um, just really, really looking forward uh, to this time. I, I want to start with a little bit of a quiz. Um, so, Jan, if we can put the uh, slide up. Uh, which, which list... List A or list B um, best reflects the Christian life. Um, list A is uh, peace and uh, joy and provision and blessing and rest and fruitfulness and unity. Um, list B, conflict, striving, fight, struggle, endurance, wrestle, every effort. I don't know which list um, you would you would pick. Um, I, I know which list I'd rather not have, if I'm honest. I know if I had a choice there, I think I'd rather have uh, list A uh, than list B. But I think probably as we, uh, as we look, as we uh, think about these things, we, we know actually um, that both lists reflect something of the Christian life. And today I want to answer the question... The Christian, will I always struggle? Will there always be struggle in the Christian life? Even if you have a, just a cursory look through the Bible, you will find some of these words contained within it. When it comes to uh, the Christian, you will find words like struggle, strive, conflict, fight, run, hard struggle, even wrestle. I didn't know, I, I don't know if you ever thought about that as a Christian, you are called to wrestle. Um, maybe not physically, but we'll get on to that um, in a few moments' time. And you may be thinking, well, no, I'm sure that's not right. I'm sure God doesn't want me to struggle. I'm sure God wants me to have an easy life, maybe with no hardships. And in sort of Western Christian world, even some of the words in list B are actually viewed quite negatively. You know, strive. Should a Christian strive? Um, but as we work our way through the Bible, and that's what we're going to be doing today, we're not going to look at one particular verse. We're, we're going to take a sort of whole, a whole big view of the New Testament. Even as we do that, um, I think... Um, my, my hope and my prayer is that we maybe just consider how we think about these things and look at whether we need to realign our thinking in order for it to be more biblical. Personally, I got caught up in the trap, particularly over the, over the last few months in lockdown, of thinking that whenever things were hard, when I was struggling when it felt like a little bit of a fight, I, I got in the trap slightly of thinking, well, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Or maybe I'm going about it in the wrong way. But as I started looking through the Bible, I realised actually that, no, this is, this is part of the normal Christian life. In fact, <clears throat> when we become Christians, things actually get harder. I've mentioned um, in the past about our, our family holidays in the Dordogne, where we, uh, 
we, we always go for a canoeing trip down, down the river. It's about nine kilometres long, um, and if we haven't argued before that time in the holiday, it's a certainty that by the end of it, we will have done. You know, I'll, I'll have directed our canoe under a whole load of trees, and people will have bumped their heads. Um, one of the boys will have capsized their canoe, and we'd have gone over them in our canoe, things like that. And uh, normally by the end of it, I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated, maybe. I'm, uh, maybe I'm a little bit grumpy myself. And life can be a little bit like that. We're, we're, we're going down the river and there are all sorts of obstacles to overcome. But it's like when we come to know Jesus, what happens is, he says to us, actually, we no longer go with the current of the river we're no longer to go with the flow of the river. In actual fact, I want you to come follow me and you're going to have all the same obstacles to overcome but now you're going against the current. Now you're going against the flow and I'm going to help you do it but in actual fact it's even going to be even more difficult um, than it was before. And in a sense that, that picture is just a small illustration um, of what it's like when we come to know Jesus. Life can be pretty tough anyway, but when we come to know him, he says, well, come follow me, and I'm rowing upstream now. I'm not going with the current anymore. So in the Bible, in what areas are we called to struggle, to fight, to strive? I've got five areas, and we're just going to cover them really, really quickly. The first area the Bible says that as Christians we are to struggle and strive in is prayer. I don't know if you've ever thought prayer is quite hard. Have you ever been put off for coming to a prayer meeting because of the, I don't know, it's just not an easy thing? Well, don't be surprised. Because even in the New Testament, even in a time when the Holy Spirit has just been poured out and Jesus has just ascended into heaven, do you know what? They struggled in prayer. It says in Romans 15, verse 3, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers. A striving in prayer. It's, it's, it's hard work at times, isn't it? And, and that's what they found in the New Testament. So the first area at times that as Christians we're called to struggle in, it's prayer. The second one is in the whole area of Christian growth. One of my favourite verses in the New Testament is Colossians 1 verse 29, and it says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking about himself. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that powerfully works within me. It says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25, it talks about running a race, and those who compete in the games go into strict Training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And as Christians, as we look to grow in maturity, as we look to follow Jesus, there is a struggle, there is a fight that we are involved in. Thirdly, we're told in the Bible that we have a struggle against sin. Hebrews 12 verse 4 says this, in your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Whether that's against persecution or whether he's talking about the whole um, thing of how Jesus struggled against sin on the cross to the point of shedding his blood. But, but it's hard. You know, there are those wonderful moments where it seems like unhelpful habits and sin just fall away. But often, isn't it the case that it's a battle and it's a fight. 
as we look to see sin put to death in our own lives, as we look to follow Jesus. So thirdly, we see that there is a struggle against sin. Fourthly, we find in the Word of God in the Bible that there is a struggle in persecution and suffering. We are an amazingly blessed people. We have so many freedoms in our land, freedoms that many nations um, don't, don't allow for people following Jesus. But, but, but in biblical times, there was a struggle in persecution. It wasn't that they were doing anything wrong, it's just that the nation they were living in didn't like them following Jesus, and so they persecuted them. But there was a struggle within it. It says in Hebrews um, 10, verse 32, But I recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured hard struggle with sufferings. Christians weren't doing anything that they shouldn't have been doing, but even so, they were facing a hard struggle. And then fifthly, the Bible says that we will struggle against a real enemy. The Bible is very clear that, that when we came to know Jesus, we were transferred from one kingdom to another, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we have a real enemy. We have one who wants to trip us up. He describes him like a roaring lion who is looking for someone to devour. Who, who's he looking to devour? He's looking, he's looking at Christians. He's looking at me. He's looking at you. He's looking at you. He, he wants to devour you. And so we have a struggle against a real enemy. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers and others, um, cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in a battle and it's one, it's a fight, it's a struggle, not against people, but against spiritual forces of evil. So the Bible says that we will struggle in various areas as Christians and that's not because we're doing something wrong, that's just because that is part of the Christian life. So how, how do we navigate our way through it? How do we step our way through it? And I've got five very simple things that if we either do them or understand them, they will help us in this whole area. The first thing is this. We need to realise that this is part of this age. We need to realise that struggle, conflict, striving is part of the age that we are living in. There will be a time when this is behind us, when either Jesus comes again or we go to be with him, but that's not now, so there's a fight to be had. It says in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And so although we would love to have a very easy life with no difficulties, that's not where we're at right now. The Apostle Paul when he wrote this in 2 Timothy 4.7, he, he was at the end of his life. He knew his earthly race had nearly finished. So then he could say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Even just, just for a minute, pause and look at some of that language. Fought the fight. Finished the race. There's a, there's a, 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 a striving, a running, a pushing that he um, was taking part in. The next step I think that is so very, very important is we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. You see, when we see Jesus, faith is stirred, hope comes alive, resolve is strengthened. 
How, how can I give up when Jesus didn't? How can I stop when Jesus kept going? We're, we're, we're called to look to Jesus. It's an, he's an example that brings us strength. But he's also my saviour who died for me. He's, he's the one that's cancelled out my debt of sin. He's the one that's welcomed me into a relationship with the Father. He's the one who has poured his love into my heart by the Holy Spirit. So as I fix my eyes on Jesus, there is real benefit for us as we're looking to follow. And lastly, I fix my eyes on Jesus. Why? It's because he is the conquering hero. He is the victor. He's the one that I rely on, that even in my struggles, when I don't think I can get through to the end of the day, I know I have Jesus who is fighting on my behalf. So I fix my eyes on him. It says in Hebrews 12 verse 2, the Hebrews had some big struggles. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. Thirdly, we need to realise that this is very much a battle for faith. You see, as I look to Jesus, my faith grows and ultimately it is a battle of faith. There are promises contained in scripture that I need to grab hold of. I need to get hold of them and I need to make them real for me. In 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, where Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing to a younger leader called Timothy, he says this, fight the good fight of the faith. I need to take time to grab hold of the promises of God. Sometimes there's nowhere else to go other than what God has said over me and for me, and I've got to hold onto them in the midst of the battle. Fourthly, how do I navigate through in times of struggle? What's that next step? Well, it's a time to stand together. I think, I think we can so miss the strength that we get when we stand with other people. Just a text message coming in, a phone call coming in, a FaceTime, uh, even sometimes just an, uh, a consequential, just sort of meeting someone in the street that you know can bring strength to us as we encourage one another. The Bible talks about a unity in prayer, praying for one another, but it also takes, talks about a unity standing together um, when, when, when the enemy comes against us. It talks about the armour of God and making sure we put on the armour of God and that we stand side by side like a, a Roman army, shield locked with shield, as we look to resist all the schemes of the enemy. So there is power in standing together. And fifthly, we need to realise that we're not on our own. I use that illustration of the canoe that, that before we came to know Christ, we were going with the flow and even then it was tricky. When we started following Christ, he says, come follow me and he turns our canoe round and we have to start, we have to start paddling upstream. Well, you know, it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit joins us in the canoe. And although we've still got a paddle, he's very much there helping us. And in Colossians 1.29, I've mentioned it already, it says this, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that powerfully works within me. There's, there's something I do, but, but do you know the Holy Spirit is at work within you? Do you know the Holy Spirit is at work within you? You struggle with his energy. 
So what are the areas of particular battle today? I was asking God this week, you know, what are the different areas? And, and there might be things coming to mind for you right now that I, I won't even mention. I've just got three simple areas I want to bring to your attention. The first, the first area, I wonder, is, is in the whole region of habits. During the COVID-19 crisis, me and my family, we've got in new habits. Some of them good and some of them bad. And I know, speaking with a number of you, some of you have got in some really good habits. You know, you're praying more than you used to. You're doing Bible study notes in a way that you hadn't done before. You're praying with your family and you, you weren't doing that before. All of those things are wonderful and it's good to pause and think, you know, what good habits have I started in this COVID-19 crisis that I'm going to carry on? But for some of you, you may have also adopted some bad habits without even realising it. It's interesting, I was listening on the radio and they said that within British society, people are drinking a lot more than they were before. And that's, that's become a problem. I don't think anyone planned to do that at the start of the COVID lockdown, but people just fell into a habit of having a beer in an evening. If I'm totally honest, that was something early on in lockdown, I realised actually if I'm not careful, I'll just have a little stubby beer every evening, just, I like to do it. And yet... I don't need to drink a beer to relax. I don't, I don't need those sorts of things. Maybe for you guys there are different things that you have come to rely on over the last six months and they're unhelpful habits. Another area I think we just need to look at is in the whole area of meeting together. Two weeks ago I spoke about how important it is for us to regather, um, partly because I've got a sense of us as a community that we could be drifting. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the importance of one anothering and, and, and how we need one another in this season. Can I <coughs> encourage you? To think about your diary, have you started drifting in your habits when it comes to meeting together? Maybe historically you had the habit of 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 6 o'clock on a Sunday, you gathered with the saints to worship, but now if you look back actually, you're just viewing church like anything else that you view, it's just part of your viewing schedule during the week and you aren't really looking to gather with anyone else, you just sort of flick through the Sunday meeting, pick out the good bits, maybe you're even now busy on a Sunday. Church, can I encourage you, that's not right, that needs to change. It's so important for the saints to gather together, we need to meet together, that regathering is so very important. Or lastly, maybe where you're struggling right now is just with an overwhelming sense of hopelessness. The thought of more restrictions, more lockdown, more isolation just fills you with dread. I think as a community, I, I just want us to pause for a moment and think about those, maybe you've not seen them for six months, but you know at this season it's just so very, very hard for them. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. If you feel that you are caught in an overwhelming sense of hopelessness at the moment, 
I want to appeal to you. Cry out to the God of all comfort, the Father of compassion. Can I ask you, reach out to someone in the church and just tell them that you're struggling at the moment. We, we haven't got any quick fix, fix answers, but as a community we're called to stand together and to mourn with those who mourn and to rejoice with those who rejoice. And just as I finish, um, just in case you thought, well, you've, you've quoted the Apostle Paul quite a lot, but I haven't heard any of Jesus' exact words out of the Gospel, I thought I'd just leave the last verses, the most challenging verses um, to this point in the message. So this is what Jesus said in um, Luke chapter 13. He went on his way through the towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. That word strive is the same word that we've looked at already for struggle, fight, run. He says, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will enter and not be able. But once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and we drank in your presence and you taught in our streets, but he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. This, these verses are so very, very challenging because I know that we come to know Jesus by faith. I know that, that salvation is a gift of God. And yet there is something contained within the gospel that doesn't allow us to become complacent thinking that at some point I made a confession and that will see me through. And even here in Jesus' words, he says, strive, struggle to enter through the narrow door. It's not enough just to have been within Christian community. It's not enough just to have been in the congregation when they sang some songs or been around when we took communion. We need to be followers of Jesus. Are you paddling against the current? Are you looking to follow Jesus even when it hurts at times? Following Jesus involves struggle, striving, conflict, fighting, and even times of wrestling. I want to encourage you. I, I want to stir your faith. I want to cheer you on. I know at times the fight is hard. But we serve a God who is wonderful and great and mighty and who will never let us go. If I can ask you to stand right now. We're going to sing a song called Waymaker. And you might think, why on earth are you singing it? Because you've been speaking the whole time about, about striving and, and struggling. And yet I want to remind us, even as we take that on board, even as we, we, we look at our lives and we hold the plumb line of the Word of God up in this area, that we have a God who is our Waymaker. We have a God who is a miracle worker. We have a God who makes a way where there is no way. And it's both me working with all the energy um, that God is working in me, and yet it's also relying upon him and relying upon his power.